The hard part is the mental part of it. And I think what people have to understand is because you're being healthy for the rest of your life, you are going to have setbacks. You will have failures. Um, It's not like a one and done. You know, it's not like I did this 30 day program. I lost 50 pounds and I'm done for the rest of my life. It's actually going to be something you're working on every day for the rest of your life. And you'll have good days and bad days, but you can do it. Three, two, one. Welcome to the Mind for Life podcast. The Mind for Life podcast. Where your thinking can change your life. And now, here's your host, Jeff Bogazic. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mind for Life podcast. It's great to have you with us today. My name is Jeff Bogazic, and I will be your host. For the next half hour or so, we have a very, very special guest. Her name is Dr. Manali Y. Desai, and she is a cardiologist and helps busy professional women, and men in this case, easily learn how to lose weight by making realistic changes while still enjoying eating, traveling, and going out with friends and family. And you're going to hear more about that today. She also has a free guide called What to Eat When You Go Out on the Weekend and Still Lose 15 Pounds. And you can begin to lose weight in the correct way starting this month. It's great to have her on the program. You're going to hear more from her in a minute, specifically about why nutrition and not calorie counting or fad diets or even working out should be your first priority when it comes to your health. Why starting your dinner with bread is a destructive practice and how to be successful with a New Year's resolution when it comes to your diet. One of the areas that everybody, or a lot of people, I should say, try to implement in the new year or in a New Year's resolution is a more nutritious diet and a healthier way of life. And so you're going to find out how to be more successful about that. And before we get to that, let me mention just a couple of quick things. First of all, If you're looking to start a website, host a blog, or start a podcast, Bluehost is your go-to solution. They are the leading web services provider. They are constantly striving and innovating new ways to empower people just like you and me to fully harness all of the Jedi powers of the interwebs. They provide the comprehensive tools to millions of users throughout the world so anyone, novice or pro, can get on the web and not just survive, but thrive. So check out Bluehost.com on the mindforlife.org homepage. Scroll to the bottom. There's a banner link that you can click for $3.95 a month hosting. Number two, the show notes for this program with all of the links are going to be found at mindforlife.org slash zero four five. So you can click on over there, get all of the links for what we talk about on this program, including where you can connect with Dr. Manali Desai. Also, you can now become a patron of this program, help to support it with your kind generosity, starting with as little as $1 a month. 
Help us cover the cost of producing this program on the website mindforlife.org. At the very top, there's a banner. Click on that orange button that says become a patron link and help us out. Appreciate it. All right, let's go ahead and get right into my interview with cardiologist Dr. Manali Y. Desai. It's really, really good to have you on the program. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. <laughs> Great. Now, just give me a little bit of background on uh, yourself and where you've come from and how you've gotten to be where you are right now, what you're doing right now. You can share a little bit about that, and then we'll get into some of the discussion on New Year's resolution, health and fitness, weight loss, and all of that. Okay. Yeah. So my name is Dr. Manali Waidesai. I'm a cardiologist. I basically work in underserved areas where there's not enough staffing. So I don't have a one long-term job. It's just sort of short-term contracts. And in between, I've been working on an online business called If We Were Family. It's basically a website that helps give busy uh, women information about, you know, how they can lose weight without really having to, you know, st they can still enjoy their lives without doing any crazy crash diets. Um, and they can still go out to eat and travel and sort of small changes they can make to help them lose um, like up to 15 pounds. And so I even have a guide on my site, so like how you can change what you eat on the weekend to help you lose 15 pounds. Um, and so I kind of got into it because, you know, a lot of cardiology um, is after people already have heart disease. Right. Um, but this is more prevention, like what you can do, because a lot of, you know, losing weight helps prevent heart disease. And so if you can even lose 15 pounds, that can kind of get you in the space where you can help prevent heart disease in the future. And so that's how I got interested in it. Okay. Now, uh, you obviously went to school and, and got a degree mm -hmm. and everything like that. So how mm -hmm. big of a problem is heart disease? Big issue? Yeah. Heart disease is the number one killer of Americans. Um, and it has been for at least like the last 50 years, you know. Um, and I think it's an equally, it's the number one killer in men and in women. And, you know, almost um, like a third of this country is obese, two thirds of it is overweight. And that's a big risk factor for things that lead to heart disease, um, like diabetes and high blood pressure and things like that. So um, heart disease is definitely probably if you live long enough, a lot of people are going to get heart disease, you know, um, just because it's primarily in the United States, the number one killer of men and women. Why is that? Why is that the way it is in America? Is it the diet? Is it our food? Uh, what's the reason why that is so prevalent in America? Yeah, some of it is um, the diet and the food. I mean, part of it is like what makes people overweight. And a lot of it is that our diet has a lot more processed foods. Um, but even within processed foods, like, um, you know, even if you go out to eat, our portion size is much bigger than Asia or other countries where people have less heart disease. And they've even done studies showing, you know, Asian immigrants, when they come to the U.S., they actually are more likely to be overweight and have heart disease than if they had stayed in Asia. And a lot of that is our food. You know, if you like the options for these supersized things are not in other countries, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's not that you can't go out to eat. It's sort of like you have to watch what you're eating, you know. Um, and I think like people just now are in the idea of like, oh, well, there's this much food and I don't want to waste it. And we went out to eat and we paid for it, you know, and they end up eating way too much and they eat the wrong things when they go out to eat. 
Right. Uh, maybe there's this, you know, maybe the uh, the commercials of starving children in third world countries, right, make you feel like, oh, yeah. I should be eating everything here rather yeah. than like just letting it go to waste. Yeah. And I think that's part of the mentality, but also it's sort of like our commercial industry, right, of like um, just everything is more like everything in the United States is more. Everything is extra. Like we want more. We want it to be bigger. Like it's our whole mentality, I think. Hmm. And for food, that's not such a great idea. <laughs> right. So we're coming up on New Year's resolutions. Why yeah. is it so difficult to control what we eat? Yeah, I think, well, part of it is, you know, um, I think what people's ambitions are going in. Like even I was looking at my Facebook page today and someone had asked, what's your New Year's resolution? And people, instead of listing just one thing, it was sort of like, I'm going to go paleo. I'm going to go to the gym five times a day. I'm going to sleep eight hours. And when you make that many conflicting goals, you know, if your goal was to go to the gym and sleep eight hours a day, but you can only go to the gym at 5 a.m., then you're like, what to do? And you do nothing. And I think the same thing happens with eating healthier. You know, you kind of have to pick one specific thing to change instead of trying to change like, you know, breakfast, lunch and dinner every day. Like that tends to be overwhelming long term. Because then you can't enjoy the things that you, you know, enjoy eating. A lot of people, food is a big enjoyment. You know, I think that's another part of our culture is that going out to eat is part of kind of like friends and family and celebrating and, you know, enjoying yourself. A lot of it is food. Obviously, when it comes to New Year's resolutions, people are saying, I'm going to go here. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to go paleo. Mm -hmm. What should the priority be? Should it be diet? Should it be exercise? Should it be maybe supplementation? I think it should be diet. Um, that's where, you know, you can lose weight by exercising, but you lose more weight by diet. You know, even small changes in your diet can make a difference. And for not everyone, but for the majority of the people, what they're getting too much of is sugar and high glycemic index foods. And it's not that you should go carb free. Like a paleo diet isn't necessary necessarily, you know, because low glycemic index carbs like whole wheat and whole grains are actually good for you in small in moderation. Mm -hmm. So you don't need to cut carbs or cut sugar altogether. But if you're picking one thing to do, I would pick one place that you can take out something sweet or sugary. Or like, um, you know, white bread or potatoes, like one meal that you could take it out of. And I tell people to start with just one meal one day because that's a lot more feasible and you won't feel like you're depriving yourself, you know. So if you just pick like on Wednesdays, I'm not going to eat cookies if you're eating cookies every day, you know, after dinner, then that's achievable. You know, and then if you do that in January and you're successful, then in February you can add a second goal. But to go like paleo all at once is actually hard to do long term because you're going to feel like you're depriving yourself long term. And then you just won't want to, you know, it would work for a month or two and eventually people give up and they're not happy and then they don't want to do it. So what you're suggesting is some baby steps kind of like, so uh, pick one thing small that you can be successful at, one goal that you can be successful mm -hmm. at, yeah. do it for several weeks and then add to it. So maybe like we're talking about a long-term plan here. Yeah. No one wants to be like, there's no point at which you're like, I don't want to be healthy. You know, I think everyone wants to be healthy for the rest of their lives. So if you're going on a crash diet, you're not going to do that for 50 years, you know? So this are, these are changes that you can make every day. Um, for the rest of your life, because realistically, you want to be healthy for the rest of your life, not just today and tomorrow. You want to look good for the rest of your life, but you also want to be healthy and prevent heart disease and other diseases for the rest of your life. So for our listeners who don't know what the paleo diet is, can you just mm -hmm. give a brief rundown on that and talk a little bit about whether that is 
uh, a successful strategy. It's something that they should do. It's something they should do in moderation. What are some other maybe famous diet myths mm-hmm. that people should stay away from and, and how can uh, they get healthy? What type of a diet can they, I guess, use to develop a more healthier more healthier eating habits? Yeah, I think paleo is actually very similar to the Atkins diet and it involves like cutting carbs and sugar. Um, and, you know, what if, and it does work short term, you know, like it does work short term because you will, anybody who cuts carbs and sugar out of their diet is going to lose weight. The problem is that you can't maintain that long term. You know, most people cannot. I'd say maybe there's like 5% of people who actually can cut carbs and sugar and be happy for the rest of their life. But that's not maintainable. So, um, or easy to maintain. And so the common diets that we recommend for heart disease are Mediterranean diet, which more involves eating like lean um, meats and eating whole grains and limiting the amount of sugar. Because sugar usually, you know, the thing about sugar, it's almost like cocaine, where the more you eat, the more you're going to want to eat, and it just derails you for the rest of the day. Um, So even if you just focus on one thing like that and cutting it and not cutting everything out of your diet, not cutting carbs and fruit and, like, all these other things that are suggested in, like, paleo and Atkins and those types of diets, it's much easier to maintain because then you can still eat a lot of foods and you're just cutting, like, once, you know, back on one food group. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have been diagnosed with high cholesterol. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in pretty good shape, but it is genetic. So yeah. does a, would a, cause a Mediterranean diet seems like you're having a lot of fish and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, olive oil and things like that. Is that good for someone with a high cholesterol, someone diagnosed with high cholesterol or someone that has a predisposition to heart disease? Yes, it is. That's one of the best diets is the Mediterranean diet Um, because it is low in saturated fat, which is important. And um, because that predisposes you to having high cholesterol is if your diet is high in saturated fat. And that's kind of what the paleo and Atkins types diets are is they involve a lot more meat and that's higher in saturated fat. So if you have high cholesterol already, those aren't going to be in your best interest. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also because it involves um, the Mediterranean diet involves whole grains, um, that also is good for you because it avoids low glycemic, I mean, high glycemic index food, which is like white bread, donuts, cookies, cakes, all of those things. When you dysregulate your sugar, it also ends up affecting your cholesterol long term. Mm-hmm. So what exactly is the Mediterranean diet for our listeners? So, you know, like yeah. give, give, a, give a sample meal or something like that. Yeah. A good meal would be like if you had grilled chicken um, with a salad of like romaine lettuce and maybe like a whole grain piece of bread on the side, that would be a good example, Mm -hmm. you know, and a snack would be like nuts. Um, You know, there are a lot of like, you know, any type, most types of nuts are low in saturated fat, but good, you know, um, high in the high in the healthy fats you know, like the omegas and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so that would be a good kind of snack um, type, you know, you could have in between as opposed to like, because uh, I think a lot of th- what we noticed is like when we told people to eat um, in cardiology, like low saturated foods, what they ended up eating was like those hundred calorie snacks right, and things like that. And those actually have a lot of bad things in them <laughs> and a lot of like a uh, high glycemic index. So just because it's a hundred calories doesn't mean it's good for you, you know? And so that's what we found that people ended up going in the other direction and get, getting whole, all these other different problems like diabetes. Um, and so it's not just that you want low saturated fat, which is what, you know, fish and grilled, uh, white meats and things like that have just basically avoiding red meat. So it doesn't mean you can't ever eat them. It just means not every day. Right. Now, I heard this. Tell me if this is a a myth or if this is true. uh, There was this big 
push in the food industry to get rid of the fat, right? And they went to these mm-hmm. low fat, uh, low fat foods, and there was like snack wells, cookies, and all of that yeah. stuff. And now I'm hearing that that's more that's actually been more dangerous and has contributed to the problem more than the the foods that were maybe a little bit higher in fat. Is that the case? Yeah. Well, what I we've seen is like, it's created a different type of problem. Okay. You know, like when we told people low saturated fat, what ended up happening is all those low fat foods ended up being high in sugar or okay. things like that. So then people ended up more with diabetes, you know, and that's not, wasn't the goal. And they actually didn't end up losing weight that much because if you replace like fat calories with sugar calories, it's still, you're still, you know, they're both bad <laughs> calories right? and you're, you're not going to lose weight and you're still going to end up with health problems, but there'll be different health problems, you mm-hmm. know, more likely diabetes versus high cholesterol. Mm-hmm. And so it did. Yeah. That ended up being, I think my personal opinion um, is that that ended up being a bad thing because people got confused about what they should eat. You know, they said, Oh, I'm eating healthy because I ate these like snack wells, low fat cookies, but they're still cookies mm-hmm. and they're still, they're still bad for you. You know, <laughs> right? They're still cookies. Yeah. yeah, there's a there was a guy that said, and what you're uh, advocating for here is not a calorie counting diet. Uh, you're advocating for a more uh, of a healthier being aware of what you're taking in. Because there was a guy yeah. that said you can lose weight by eating just Doritos and chips and junk like that as long as you just simply reduce the calorie number. But that's not what you're talking about here. I'm not because I don't think it's healthy. That is true. You could do it, right? I mean, if we all go on a starvation diet, we will all lose weight. You know, that doesn't mean if you're skinny, it doesn't mean you're healthy. Mm-hmm. Like there's a difference, you know, um, there's a difference. And so what I'm suggesting is you actually change the composition of what you eat. And, you know, what most people find is that as they eat less sugar, they'll actually crave less sugar and you'll actually eat less food by yourself. And then you won't have to calorie count because, you know, that's actually fairly difficult. Um, for most people to, again, maintain long-term. Now, I, I would agree that there's maybe like 10, 15% of the people who are like calorie counting and they have no problems. Mm-hmm. But even if you're calorie counting, you still have to look at the composition because you don't just want to be skinny. You want to be healthy as well. Just, you know, becoming skinny, eating Doritos, you're going to still get heart disease. You know? Right, right. Yeah. Do you uh, believe, now there's another common perception out there is that you should have more calories uh, over more meals. Um, mm-hmm. Is that a good thing to do? Is it realistic? I mean, obviously you see if you if you go online and you follow these health gurus and you know you mm-hmm. see their Instagrams and everybody's packing their packaging up their chicken and rice and stuff like that and these packages setting it out for the day so they're going to eat like seven meals throughout the day and they've got mm-hmm. it all timed out. Is that realistic and is that a good thing or how can somebody who's not going to be able to sit down at night and just make up mm-hmm. three days worth of meals be successful? Yeah. So that's what I saw a lot of too. And I don't think it's realistic. Like just my experience with patients, anyone who has a job, like can't really, you know, it's not realistic. Um, and so I don't like, if you can't do that, that's okay. Now, if you do that and you enjoy it, that's great. You know, it is like, it is a nice thing to do. You'd be eating healthy. You'd be making all your meals. And that's a little bit what I talk about on my site, but you know, it's not that you can't go, like if you're at work, you can go and you, you don't have time to prepack your meal, you can eat at the cafeteria or wherever. It then becomes like what you pick. Now, that's not going to be as healthy as if you make your meal, but we have to be realistic. If you can't make like, you know, a whole week's worth of meals in advance, then realistically, you can do make healthy choices, even eating out. Um, but, you know, so that just because you can't make your meals doesn't mean you can't be healthy. 
right? What's uh, when we go out to eat, right? And you hit yeah. an Applebee's or whatever. Mm-hmm. What should we be looking for? What should we stay away from to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what are the things that you could say, these are the things that would be safe, that would be good, um, you know, because you've always heard if it tastes bland, that means it's good for you. Is that always the case or what can we try to do in order to do a better job of eating healthier when we're eating out? Yeah, what I tell people to do is usually start with appetizers that are more either vegetables um, or meat and avoid bread products. Because again, bread usually makes you crave more food later in the meal. And so if you start with vegetables, um, prefer not, and no, not like fried chicken or something like that, you know, um, but more of like, uh, meatballs or grilled chicken or something like that in the, and as an appetizer, then most people that will start filling them and then they won't crave like dessert, you know, and if you can avoid one thing in the meal, it's probably going to be dessert or split dessert with like multiple people, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I don't like, I think if you're going out to eat and you start with a lot of vegetables in addition to whatever you're eating, um, then you actually won't. And you don't start with a lot of bread. Cause I think that's what happens when people go out to eat is they start with a bread basket or bread sticks or something like that. And then they end up craving like that type of food for the whole meal. Mm-hmm. And so if you start with vegetables or something, you know, that's not bread or sugary, uh, to start with, then you won't crave as much. And then like, even if you get dessert, hopefully you'll be full by all the vegetables and meat you eat, and then you won't actually eat as much dessert. So, um, it's interesting to, you say when you, when, when people start out with bread, mm-hmm. they end up then craving throughout the meal more. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, is, I don't mean like whole wheat, whole right. wheat bread, but most of the restaurant bread tends to be white bread. Right. That's what tastes good. Yeah. Is that because of the, is that because of the sugar, because of the glycemic index? It's a glycemic index. Basically it raises the, your glycemic index in your blood. And then when it drops, you don't feel as good. I mean, and it feels different for different people, but the point is, is that your body wants to just maintain it at that level. So you'll continue to want foods that will maintain a high glycemic index. So even if that, and that's from breakfast, you know, so people who eat like donuts for breakfast are going to feel like that all day. And then they'll feel sluggish when they go back on, you know, high glycemic index food. So then if you try to switch out to nuts, like at lunch, you, it's not going to be, you're not going to be happy. You would have been better off starting with the nuts, you know, and then you would have raised your glycemic index from the morning. Okay. So does that, does that work with like soda and sugary drinks as well? It does. Yeah. So it also is the same with that. So, I mean, I would avoid soda. Like if you're at Applebee's, I would avoid soda and even, um, diet soda, because like once you start tasting the sweetness, you know, um, you kind of want more of it. And so if you can just like, I know water is not that exciting, but even wine is better because wine actually has, it's good for your heart and it has, doesn't have very much sugar in it. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of wine, a lot of red wines don't have any sugar at all. So like if you switch to wine actually instead, that's actually a better option, um, than even soda or diet soda, mm-hmm. um, because it's better for you and it doesn't change your blood sugar levels. So don't eat bread, start out with vegetables. Uh, it's very interesting that you say, I I think people don't realize, at least I didn't realize that when you eat high glycemic foods, you kind of like, I don't know, precondition your body to desire those, right? And so you just need those to keep that, maintain that high. Whereas if you started out with the healthy stuff in the morning, you have a better chance of maintaining that and eating healthier. You're not working against your own desire, so to speak. Right, right. Yeah. And 
and I guess like I, you know, only in talking to patients did I realize that people don't know that, you know? Right. And so then that kind of became my thing that I would talk about on my website and like to, you know, writing articles and things about, you know, if you know that, then actually you're setting yourself up to win from the morning. Right. Yeah. So it's good to get a good start. What's a good breakfast? Um, a good breakfast would be like if you're in a hurry, you know, you can even do like cereal or a granola or oatmeal, um, pref- like without though the sugary toppings, you know, so it's going to be like a whole grain cereal or like Cheerios or something like that. If you have the time, like eggs are really good, like egg whites, you know, because that gives you protein um, and that's really gives you a lot of energy. So, um, and even if you're doing fast food, even Starbucks has like these egg white bites that are actually really the nutrition profile on it is very good Mm -hmm. um, because it has a lot of protein in it and it's low in saturated fat. So if you're grabbing fast food breakfast, even that's a good option. Um, So those are all good options. Um, Usually what I tell people, especially when you're trying to lose weight is to avoid fruit in the morning um, because it is better sugar than like, it's not as bad as like eating a donut. However, if you're trying to cut back on sugar and you start with sugar, it can be harder, you know? Um, So if you can eat sugar later in the day, that's actually will make it easier for you to cut back on it. And that's because if you eat sugar in the morning, you kind of like set your body desiring the sugar throughout the day. And it's very difficult to maintain the high. Whereas if you were to eat more low glycemic foods in the morning and it kind of sets you up. And then later on in the day, if you had some fruit or something like that later on, it's, it's not as detrimental. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. that's pretty cool. That's a, that's a, that's an interesting idea. So you mentioned yeah. on your website that you have like, uh, what you said some like some type of like uh, a program or something like that. It's a guide. Um, so at this point, like I'm just giving out information and I'm not selling a product. Right. Um, so it's a guide basically, and I'm working with people as they sign up for it to see what kind of information they're finding helpful, but it's a guide to the weekend and basically how you can change what you eat on the weekend. Um, because long-term what I find is like people can lose weight during the week and then they put it all back on the weekend because really? <laughs> <laughs> they're going out to eat and they're eating out with friends. And like when you're at work and you get your kind of schedule in order, sometimes it's easier, but then when you're out with friends, you're like, I'm going to enjoy, but you know, if you can even just maintain and not put on extra weight on the weekend, then it makes your life a lot easier. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's why, um, it's a guide to the weekend and kind of like how you can make good choices on the weekend, um, and still enjoy what you're eating though. Like when you go out to eat, Mm -hmm. so it's not an at home guide. It's more like what to eat when you're going out. More like a, what to eat when you're going out to a restaurant or something like that. Right. If you can win the weekend, you're, you should be able to win the week. Yeah. Cause most people's weeks are scheduled, right. you know? So once they figure out what works for them during the week, it ten- tends to be, you can use this during the week too, but it's more of a like what to eat when you're going out to eat kind of guide. Okay. Cause that's kind of what throws people, you know, or fast food or things like that. That's usually what gets people into trouble. Okay. Uh, do you have by any chance a, how would I say it? A plan or a program for a New Year's resolution that say somebody said, hey, I want to this. This is the year. Of course, we say mm-hmm. that every year. Right. But yeah. do you have some strategies and some suggestions or some type of a program uh, that somebody could say, what can I do? Give me the five basic tips or something like that. The five biggest strategies that will help me to be effective, help me to keep it going. That won't be so overwhelming or overbearing or something like that. You know, I don't know if you have that as a resource, but obviously now's the time to be able to. Yeah, no, I'll put that up. I'll put that up. Um, no, I don't have it on my site yet, but since we talked, I'll like basically five basic strategies to like maintain your new year's resolutions. Yeah. Is that what you, 
Yeah. Yeah, Like what can you do? What can they do as far as, you know, because you talk about we're going to do when people come and make new year's resolutions, it's I'm going to go to the gym five days a week. Mm -hmm. I'm going to work out two hours a day. I'm going to eat paleo, blah, blah, blah. You know, they're going to get all this stuff. And then after a week they're done. So what can, what are five things that people can do to say, let's be successful, you know, give me five basic things based on that kind of like you talked about, like a baby step strategy, you know, first of all, take one meal and do it for a week and do this. Isn't it the biggest, uh, maybe the biggest difficulty about new year's resolutions is they they never, yeah, yeah, 92% of people fail their new year's resolutions. And it's actually like January is the number one month for people to sign up for the gym. So (laughs) that's when people are most motivated to do it. And they actually just unfortunately don't. So yeah, I'll actually put something on, I do have it, but not on my website. So I'll actually put a resource up on my website of like the five things you can do to like, you know, making New Year's resolutions happen. Oh, that's great. Yeah, we'll provide <laughs> a link for that in our okay. in the show notes for this program. So for all of our listeners, mm-hmm. you can go to Manali's. It's Manali. How do you spell your name? Manali Desai. Manali, Manali. Manali Desai. Desai. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you can go to Manali's website and you will be able to download that and be successful this year. 2018 yeah. can be the yeah, year you can be year. successful. <laughs> uh, you can yeah. be, you don't have to be one of the 92%. You can be one of the 8% uh, that succeeds. Um, do me one favor and just give me like, what's the biggest misconception about dieting that people, what's the biggest myth I, you know what, I think it's that it has to be something like, um, dramatic and, you know, it sounds dramatic. Like I'm on an old juice diet or I'm going to, you know, or some crazy, or I'm going to take these pill supplements and it has to be something that hard, um, and, or sexy or sounds cool or like some sort of a program, you know, something like very, like you've never heard of it before. And in reality, it's actually not that hard, you know, um, the food part of it. The hard part is the mental part of it, okay. you know, and that is like the hardest part to overcome. And I think what people have to understand is because you're being healthy for the rest of your life, you are going to have setbacks. You will have failures. Um, it's not like a one and done. You know, it's not like I did this 30 day program. I lost 50 pounds and I'm done for the rest of my life. It's actually going to be something you're working on every day for the rest of your life. And you'll have good days and bad days, but you can do it, you know, right. But it's not going to be this one time thing and you're over even, you know, even people who have lost weight, they don't, it never, like it becomes easier, but it's never not a thing they think about. Right. Yeah. And yeah. it's not just, I think the idea that these people get on these roller coasters of, oh, I'm going to yeah. lose 10 pounds and then gain it back and then lose 10 pounds rather than take it one day at a time, do your best. Yeah. When you blow it, get up off your face. Right. And then just pick yeah. it up the next day. I think yeah. it's like you said, a lot of people have this idea that, Oh, I blew it. Well, I might as well go eat like four pounds of ice yeah. cream and have a chocolate yeah. cake and everything like that. And, yeah. and they kind of get messed up. So it's just yeah. a slow, it's just a slow journey, right? Just walking one yeah. day at a time. Yeah. And I think a good way to think of it is like, if you have a bad day at work, you don't then decide to quit, right? You're not like, I quit my job. I'm done. You had a bad day, you figure out, you know, how to deal with it and you move on. Like every day you don't come home and be like, I quit quit my job because today was bad. Um, Well, some people do. Yeah. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I think thinking of dieting in the same way, like you make a commitment, you know, or eating healthy is a commitment and you're making it every day. Okay. Well, great. Great. Well, hey. Uh, I don't want to take too much of your time. It's been great 
talking to you. It was great you. talking to you. Yeah, yeah you too. Do, uh, do me a favor and just tell uh, our listeners a, a little bit more what, what your website is, where they can connect with you online if you're on Twitter or Facebook and all of that information. And um, again, where they can pick up the resource uh, for mm-hmm. the five things and you all, and also the one for the weekend that you have available. Yeah. Um, so again, my name is Dr. Manali Wydes. I'm a cardiologist and my site is called if we were It's basically the advice I would give you if we were family, okay. you know, and, um, you, if you go to that site, if we were family.com, um, there'll be a link to where you can sign up for my email list and you can get the guide to help you lose 15 pounds by changing what you eat when you go out to eat. And also if you, um, even if you don't want to sign up for the guide, um, you can just go straight to the blog from the main site, if we were family.com and I'll put up this weekend, the five resolutions or the five ways you can make sure to stick your new year's resolution. If you're trying to lose weight. Wonderful. Well, uh, you're on Twitter and Facebook. I'm on Facebook. All the links are from my site. So if you just go, that's probably easiest. Um, if you go to the about section of my site, um, but it's also under my name. Like if you search Dr. Manali, why does I, um, you can Google me and you'll get to all my, um, Facebook, Instagram, all of that. Yeah. Excellent. (laughs) Manali, I have a unique you. name, so. <laughs> Manali Desai. There's not too yeah. many of those, I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It really has been a pleasure talking to you. Yeah. It's been great talking to you, too. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Well, I hope you have enjoyed that interview and learned a little bit about nutrition from Dr. Desai. Let me give you my biggest takeaways. Number one, think about small wins. Dr. Desai talked about beginning by implementing small steps in your diet. You can be more nutritious just by developing a small step, like for example, not eating white bread in certain meals and beginning with that, and develop the habit early. And then second of all, it helps you to focus on the long term. The best method for success when it comes to nutrition is to develop healthy eating practices and habits not simply focusing on fad diets and saying, I'm going to do this plan for the next six weeks and count calories, but rather to try to implement through small habits, nutritious, healthy eating practices in your diet. And this is actually the best way to go when you're trying to implement changes. Take small steps. The second thing that I learned was to limit high glycemic foods earlier in the day. Dr. Desai talked about the fact that when we eat high glycemic foods early, things like donuts or white bread, or even she said fruit, that sugar early in the day, begins to build within our body cravings for more sugar throughout the day. So start out early with a good breakfast, low glycemic foods, protein, uh, no white bread, no donuts, and not even fruit, she said, early in the morning. And that's a big step to having greater success throughout the day in order to be able to eat healthier, more nutritious foods. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this program. Again, the show notes are at mindforlife.org slash 045. You can leave comments there about this episode. Remember to subscribe on iTunes if you get a chance. Leave a review while you're over there. This is our last show before Christmas, so let me say to everyone, Merry Christmas. And I hope you have a wonderful holiday season. Thank you so much for listening. 
and we will talk with you next time. <laughs>